Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every Black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing Vincent's selection yeah. for the mission. Yes. And yes. it's a doozy that he dug from the lower depths of the crates. Put my whole hand in. Yes. It's like that tree thing in Flash Gordon that they put their hands in. I don't remember that from Flash Gordon. Oh, come on, man. 1980 Flash Gordon? Which which other one actually matters? You're you're talking to a... a Yes, no, yes, where they went to the planet, Timothy Dalton's planet. Remember, he was on the Robin Hood planet. Okay. And they had the tree stump that you had to prove your manhood. I I don't really remember. You are... You are actually the worst. Why? Because I don't remember. Because you don't remember the tree stump thing in Flash Gordon that Timothy Dalton on the Robin Hood planet. It was how they had it was the rite of passage for the Robin Hood young men. Vincent. And you would put your arm in and it was like it was like a worm in that would sting you. Vincent, the only thing that people remember from that Flash Gordon movie is one, the poster, two, the shirt that Sam Sam Rockwell or whatever his name is wears. <laughs> you need to think about the fact that you know the man's name who played Flash Gordon. And the soundtrack by Queen. Yeah. Nobody remembers anything about the friggin' plot. Surprisingly watchable. Now, now, now your brother, of course, <laughs> says... Come on, Len. He saved every one of us. No, duh. He, he saved every one of us. No, duh. In the Flash Gordon movie, he saved everyone. That's right. Like, you don't need to know the story to know that. That's right. Okay? So, Damon, like, be quiet. He was a quarterback. He was a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, no nobody remembers anything. And Topol was in it. That, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, that's right. Flash Gordon was fighting being the merciless with a tube of toothpaste next to him. That's did right. um Maxman Maxman um Maxman Cedow. Did he ever win an, an Academy Award? Not for Flash Gordon. No, I know not for Flash Gordon, but just generally, did he ever win an Academy Award? Uh I, I don't know. Okay, because you fool around, it was two Academy Award winners in it. Who? Didn't Topol win one for Fiddler on the Roof? Oh, yeah, he won for Fiddler. Did he win? I don't know if he did. It seemed like he did. He was very good in it. Tradition. You looked that up. And Tradition. I'll finish, you looked that up. I'll finish introducing the I'm movie. sorry. We haven't even I'm sorry. You threw me off because you said you didn't remember that part of Flash Gordon. Nobody remembers it. Everyone you know, remembers only that Only you part. and Damon. Right. Only right. you, your brother, and I guess by proxy, your sister, who probably right. tied up in the room <laughs> to watch it with you. All right. I'll see if Topol won an Academy Award for Flash for... um. Fiddler on the roof. Fiddler on the roof. Right. See if Max Van Cedow won. Max Van Cedow also won. All right. But please continue. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, no Academy Awards were handed out for the film we're reviewing here. <laughs> From 1968, Sammy Davis Jr. and Peter Lawford star in Salt and Pepper. Not to be confused with the Salt and Pepper movie. This is the Salt and Pepper movie, which has a plot twist that you will not see coming and once you see it you can't unsee it boy wait for it <laughs> he was nominated topol topol he did not win he did not win who do you know who won well in 1971 
That was 1971. It was 1970s, which seems really weird. I thought it was later than that. I thought it was earlier. Oh, no, I guess that's right, because Starsky was in it, and he was really young. Uh, or uh, Paul Michael Glazier. <laughs> I love the fact that you know Starsky's <laughs> real name. Do you know why I know Paul Michael Glazier? Because you're a weirdo that likes all this old stuff. <laughs> you know why else I know Paul Michael Glazier? <laughs> no, no. Because I grew up in a house with a twin sister who was ravenously in love with Paul Michael Glazer. He was real cool. And there's an episode of Starsky and Hutch where Starsky gets shot. Oh, no. And lays in a coma for the entire episode. Oh, no. And my sister watched that that episode crying. (laughs) Fast forward to where adults and TV shows are coming out on DVD. And for one birthday, I gave my sister the complete box set of Starsky and Hutch. Mm -hmm. She cried all over again because she said, I haven't seen that episode in almost 25 years. And now she probably watches it once a year. She introduced it to her daughter. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I know Paul Michael Glacier. Yeah. Topol lost. But I mean, my God, he lost to Gene Hackman for the French Connection. Well, so that's that's a good loss. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good loss. Did, did Max von Sydow win an, an Academy Award? Now I'm going to look up Max von Sydow. We're not saying that this is way more interesting than Salt and Pepper, but we're not not saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Let me see, Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow. What would he have won for? I wonder. Let me see awards and nominations. Awards and nominations. He's probably. Oh, he's nominated. been nominated twice. Uh, yeah, I have, been, I have to think he's been nominated more than once for uh, Pele the Conqueror. Don't know that in nineteen eighty seven, and for extremely loud and incredibly close in two thousand eleven. But he's never won. No. Okay. But he was one of the oldest nominees <laughs> at eighty two. I believe that. All right. So there were no Academy Award winners in Flash Gordon. In Flash Gordon. Yet another Believe fun fact. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I know which, which side of the ledger I land. Um, <laughs> let's get into Vincent. <laughs> we got some listener mail. All right. Um, we have a, a comment, actually. Okay. Via YouTube from Raw House LLC on our Dead Presidents episode. Oh, wow. Yeah, going in, digging in the crates a little bit. They write, I am a strong believer that Dead Presidents should have started off with Anthony coming back from Vietnam and using the other two thirds of the film as flashback points for Anthony. We notice how most of the characters from the first portion of the film are reintroduced in the third portion. And even Leon from the second portion is reintroduced uh, using those moments as flashback points to help introduce those characters uh, would have been fine. An authentic look at Anthony's mindset in present time as a contrast to past memories. This is where a movie could have become noticeably better if it was edited differently. It's a nice little comment there. It is a nice comment. See people digging in the crates a little bit. And we also heard from Terry Plain in regards to um, our review of Aquila and the Bee. Okay. 
Hi, Len and Vince. Thanks for a great review of Akila and the Bee. Kiki Palmer is a treasure. And I'm so happy to see her flourish in both film and TV. Interestingly, I recently saw her in an indie film, Alice, where she starred and was also the executive producer. Alice is supposed to be based on actual events about a woman who was enslaved on a farm with her family. Mm-hmm. She eventually escapes only to find out it was 1973. Mm-hmm. That's she and right. Her family for generations were never told they were emancipated. The plot seems preposterous, but fact is stranger than fiction. The movie stars one of me show missions favorites common mm-hmm. so you know where this movie is headed <laughs> uh alice was on the big screen so i would love for you to add it to the road to 400 it would be an excellent addition to may's roster of mother may i Aww. onward and upward to 400 terry plain p.s please 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 add tijuana jackson to the list okay okay i remember when alice was out yeah and i remember being vaguely interested in it for a couple of reasons Mm -hmm. mainly the the plot i knew it was based on true events and that's one of my favorite storylines spoiler that's part of why i love the village so much oh i can dig it yeah also because you you know you know i wasn't gonna leave well enough alone alone while there were not two oscar winning performances in flash gordon Mm mm-hmm there was someone who was the recipient of two Oscars. And that would be Danello Donati, the costume designer, who won an Oscar for the costumes in 1968's Romeo and Juliet and 1976's Fellini's Casanova. So there you go. But not. But not for Flash Gordon. Not for Flash Gordon. Not for Flash Gordon. The costume's really nice, though. The shirt is nice. It's memorable. This is right. So I mean, everything else is. I'm just saying, the costumes are nice. The like you, you nice. just a hater right now, but the, the costumes are nice. nice. The shirt is nice. Mm-hmm. We also got um, an interesting comment in the Facebook group from Volia Plain, and I hey Volia Plain, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, she says that she is just discovering a man called Hawk. Yeah, I did not realize I needed this in my life. The Chocolate City Afrocentricity just sings to my heart. You know, what? it's so funny. A friend of mine who is younger than us Mm -hmm. has a girlfriend who's a little younger than him. Okay, so his girlfriend is, is significantly younger than us. He just introduced her to a man called Hawk. Oh, really? And she was like, I, I can't even believe this existed. And I was like, yeah, we were there and we couldn't believe it existed. Very true. Haven't seen that movie. Um, the, sh- the show, you mean? I mean, the show. I haven't yeah. seen that show in a long, long time. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I never saw all of them because it was only the one season. It was the I one season. The half, only it, half. Of I was about to say, and they did something real funky with it. I think by the third season, by the third episode, they were like, oh yeah, this is way too black. We, we need to go ahead and get this off. You just burn these out. Yeah burn these off yeah and then he summarily returned to the show from which he spun off spencer, spencer for hire right right um, and um i always joke you can tell the seasons of deep space nine get better and better each season as he starts to look more and more like hawk avery brooks avery brooks the of the actor who portrays hawk and captain benjamin cisco 
Yes, and then and because after a certain time, Deep Space Nine turns to Hawkins. It's just Hawkins space, and then Michael Dorn shows up as Worf, and it's just two deep voice black men. Yes, going back and forth doing space stuff. Yeah. Oh, just a little bit, a bit of news. Did you okay. notice recently uh, that uh, James sparky. Earl Jones is retiring as the voice of Darth Vader? I did see that. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, you know, look, he he put in the work. Absolutely. Um, but from what I understand, in signing off as the voice, he actually gave. Marvel, not Marvel, Disney and Lucasfilms license to use his voice, use like his years of recording. Right, right. For digital recreation. For digital recreation. So they continue on with that voice. Yes. In, you know, in that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I'm assuming that they wrote him a nice check. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a funny feeling like, you know, after the original run when it was time to come back well not even then like probably around the times where star darth vader starts showing up and like the cartoons mm-hmm. and like that and like there's only one darth vader voice. yeah oh yeah they rene- james Earl renegotiated things pretty nicely for himself yeah like that. yeah you know yeah and i'm glad he's able to leave under his own terms yeah that's 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 very good that's very cool um all right Speaking of, you you brought this up. I didn't. Speaking of misaged couples. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I don't even need this anymore. Um, I don't know if you remember not long ago when I started our top five feature. Okay. I started with a top five actors who did not deserve. Oh boy. To be <laughs> the romantic leads with Nia Long. Really? We're we going to do this on here? In film. We're going to do this on, on the movie podcast. Do you remember that? I, I, I do remember. I do remember. You do remember that? I, I feel like I may have had to do some, sign some court documents about. Yes. Yes. Nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I never thought that this would happen, but. I believe the time has come to update update the list to update. Interesting to update the top five, not ready for Nia long players. Right, 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 right. Someone you want to add to this list, I assume. Well, update this list. It's interesting that you say that, that Mm -hmm. it's someone that I want to add because it actually is not just someone that I want to add. It's five. <laughs> it is indeed it is indeed five new uh participants in the Nia Long not ready for Nia Long players. Okay. Okay. Is this a top five or is this just top a, five? This is a top five. This is because I didn't I didn't see the, the placard and hear the music. I didn't know if this was just a Lynn Fever Dream five. I didn't know if this was an official top five or Oh, it is. It is an official. It's official. So this goes. You're right. So I should. I should play. Yeah, the music. I was about to play the music because otherwise, I'll I'll have to be in court again. Right. With, with Ms. Long's lawyers. Very good. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. My top five is. All right. 
top five, not ready for Nia Long players. Do you believe that Lynn Webb is a danger to Nia Long? Excuse me, Your Honor, could you repeat the question? <laughs> number five. <laughs> number, num- number five, because it's five of them. Five more. Email. <laughs> Who was a, a journeyman basketball player? <laughs> now, for those who do not know, Email Duco and Nia Long have actually been dating for quite some time. They, uh, uh, maybe a little more intense than dating, but we'll go with dating. Well, yeah. Uh, and they have a child together. They have a child um, together which for... was born like in, in 2011, so mm-hmm. apparently they were together before then. Right, 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 right. But I don't know if people know that Email Duco is a like he is the definition of a journeyman basketball player. Okay, I just, do do I you just, know what that means? I, I yes, I, I just know him as the coach. You just know him Celtics. as a coach. But they met, you know, before 2011 because okay. that's when they had the child. Yeah. Right now, at that point, he was playing for the San Fran. The, excuse me, the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Previous to that, oh boy, are we going to? How much longer are we going to talk about this man's basketball? Well, I'm just talking about like because he was he was a journeyman basketball player who is also it should be noted six years younger than Nia Long. I mean, so he was already shooting way past his weight. Look, he's fighting way past his weight. Look, nothing ventured, nothing gained. 2006, 2007, he's playing with the Portland Trail Blazers. Okay. 2007, 2009, he's with the San Antonio Spurs. We are still talking about his basketball 2009, 2010, he's with the Sacramento Kings. 2010, 2011, he's back with the San Antonio Spurs. And 2012, he's playing overseas. Okay. So he's a journeyman basketball player who somehow got the golden ticket. Hey, man. And got Neil Long. Fortune favors the bold so even at that point he was not worthy not ready tall good-looking guy probably doesn't hurt that probably doesn't hurt but still all right all right now number four number four you you're not even going to acknowledge that the man is a coach give me a duca (laughs) just a coach So now he's got Nia Long. <laughs> Please continue. He's got he's, he's, he's got Nia Long. He grew he grew a beard. He grew a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's been able to somehow make his way over to coaching. Yes. Okay. He becomes like an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. He returns from Europe. He's now with the San Antonio Mm -hmm. Spurs. And San Antonio Spurs, you know, historically have a very deep bench of coaches. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they have like about almost six or seven coaches. Oh, he's like the seventh coach. Fascinating. He's like the seventh coach. This is way more interesting than Flash Gordon. Right. But he's still got Neil Long. Still with Neil Long. And he's an assistant. He's just assistant coach. Number four, the assistant coach obviously also doesn't deserve her because Neil Long could have anybody. Right, it's, it, it, you know. So we've got the the journeyman player doesn't deserve her, and then he gets and then the assistant coach doesn't deserve her. Right. Wow. Who's three? I'm glad you asked. Number three is Emi Odoka. <laughs> the Celtics, nah, bruh. 
here is where the first sign of his duplicity becomes apparent. Foreshadowing. Yes. One might say. Because he ended his assistant coaching career as an assistant coach Mm -hmm. with the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh. Okay. And again, he's just, he's on the bench. He's like about maybe like the, the second or third assistant. So he's right, worked right, his right. way up a little bit. Right, right. And like Nia Long's coming to the Wells Fargo Center. She's in the, she's in the stands. Sure, sure. You know? Were you allowed to be at the games at this point? Or I was watching on television. You were watching on television? Okay. I was watching on television. I guess that's more than a thousand feet. Go ahead. Yes. Um, And so, 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 okay. You, you've worked your way up. Okay. Right? Right. But then. Mm-hmm. As an assistant coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. He goes and becomes the head coach for the Boston Celtics, who, even you. Yes, even you don't even know basketball. I, 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 you I, know I saw the fish to say that the Philadelphia 76ers most hated historic rival are, is are the Celtics. The Boston Celtics. There you go. Context helps everything. And you don't go. From assistant coaching the Philadelphia 76ers Mm -hmm. to coaching the Boston Celtics. He was a Jet, and then he became a Shark. Exactly. That is a sign that he is not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. Foreshadowing. It's it's all right there. This is only number three. It's only right number three. All I'm dealing with is facts here. You've told no lies. I'm dealing with conjecture. No. I'm dealing with facts. Okay. facts was he was not to be trusted. Okay. Number two. Number two. Ime Adoka. Hush. I don't even know what this means. Is this some weird sex thing? What is happening right now? What is going on right now? What this is, is that he gets into Boston, right? He's the head coach of the Boston Celtics. I don't like the Boston Celtics. Can't stand the Boston Celtics. Sure, but sure. this black man, of course not. rookie coach, gets them all the way to the NBA Finals. Impressive. Impressive. Look at what a good woman can do for you. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what? I don't want to root for you. I'm not rooting for you, but I'm giving you your props. That's right. I'm giving you your props. Right. Right. However, mm. do you remember? I don't going geeky here. The Batman graphic novel Hush. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Where Batman was battling this villain named Hush, who it turns out was this character. That we had just been introduced to in the story. Yes. This this character from his past that this showed up in the beginning of the story. Right. Come to find out he is also the bad guy. He also is terrible storytelling. And we all it's all right here. Mm-hmm. Because the duplicity of this guy was already on, on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then this whole suspension from the from the Boston Celtics comes out. Nobody knows exactly what the exact story is. Right. You've been suspended, yet you still somehow keep, you've done something so egregious that you've been suspended for a year, yet you still have your job. Right. It has something we know to do with another member of the Boston Celtics staff 
that's as far as we know. Right, right. Oh, so we've already caught up to to the current time. We've caught up to oh my goodness. Well, what's number one going to be? So he, he he's hush. It's it's it's, it's he's a, hush. He's just it's right there. He's, right there. It's, we're just unwrapping. Uh, okay. He's just unwrapping, taking off the mask. Okay, and then then the, then the final villain. The final villain would be is Emi Odoka, suspension of belief revoked. Okay. And that is because you want to give him the benefit of a doubt. Do you? No. Because <laughs> the reason why you want to give him the benefit of a doubt is because every black man, except Anika Noni Rose obsessed you, mm. every black man in America is saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? You hit the jackpot of jackpots with Nia Long, the Boston Celtics. You're making them eat crow with a black black coach, getting them to the finals, yeah. building up that team. Everybody was giving you crap. They didn't like what you were doing with the team, but then it turned out that your lesson was actually played out and got y'all all the way t- to the finals. Y'all got a great nucleus. Go- look at together. look at you, and now look at you just blowing it, just all, blowing up. it all up, just blowing it all up. Flute- Want to give you the suspension of belief, but that's because we love Nia Long. Yes. And you were you were getting that based on our feelings for her. Yeah. But yeah. we got so much strong feelings for her that the suspension of belief has been revoked. Okay. And you are no longer ready for Nia Long. Right. It kind of falls apart at the end because you actually never really had belief. Like you started when he he was like, the, like you never actually believed in him. No, that's not true. You never actually. That's not true. Believed in him. That's, that's not actually absolutely 100% not true. <clears throat> when he got the Boston Celtics job, I didn't like that he went from the Sixers to the Boston Celtics. But like I said, he wasn't the number one assistant. Right. right. So, you know, you're going to take your shot. You're going to take your take shot. Take your shot. And then he was good at it. And, and he proved good at it. Right. So. I was rooting for the guy. Right, right. And then, you know, he's sitting around there. He's He's got a dad bod. I'm like, you know, okay, dude. Like, right, you know. Right. So so I guess my, my question is, at the risk of talking about some more sports stuff that, that, that literally bores me to tears. Like, sometimes <laughs> my eyes actually get a little wet when you, the sporty talk. So are you so, – so obviously – he doesn't deserve to be with Queen Nia anymore. No, obviously. No. Do you think he should keep his job with the Celtics though? I don't think he ultimately will. I think they, no, I said, do you think he should? Well, I can't, I can't really say that because I don't know what the story is. I mean, whatever it is, he slept with somebody that wasn't Nia long and I think yeah, but she that, was supposedly that, that, on the staff, but it doesn't sound like he was, Stealing other teams' plays, or, right, right. Him or, technically, you, him you know, having uh, juicing up some players or beating up players, cheating or, on his on his fiance, right, with somebody on like you know, obviously not a fireable offense, right, right. But sleeping and there's you know, there's, you know, even question, the fact questions it, whether or not it's consensual or not, right, right, right. But the, the fact that you are suspended leads me to believe that this was someone who you were superior over i mean it had to be who well else? it had to be because he was the head coach and right. it's only it's, like it's, maybe two right other it's, people it's like jack nicholson and a few good men like you get to a certain rank yeah. everyone you sleep with by default is under is is you are their superior yeah and and so. that's where and that's where it, it it gets money i think that ultimately he will if that proves to be the case because we don't we know. don't know 
But if that does prove the case, which is what I strongly believe it is, right. then yes, unfortunately, he does deserve to be he fired. Does, right. Okay. All right. So, so there you go. There you go. There you go. You see what I did, though? Like, I tried to bring it back to to basketball at the end so that I don't get no subpoena to have to go <laughs> and testify. Thank you. Anymore. Thank you. So we were that was basketball talk. That was basketball. There you go. To basketball top five. Yes. Yay, our team. <laughs> Boo their team. <clears throat> All right. Um, <clears throat> did you watch the uh no, we talked about it. You haven't watched the new Tyler Perry movie. I have not. On uh I have Netflix. not yet. No, I have not. The Jazz Man's Blues. Yes. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. My uh my girlfriend watched it. She said it wasn't bad. I look, I I suspect it's going to be not bad. That's that is my that is what I suspect. So you will watch it. Oh, I'm absolutely going to watch it. So I mean, you got to watch all of them. So you will report back next week. Oh, easy. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody say nothing about next week. (laughs) Slow down. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not doing it by next week. I can 100% guarantee you I'm not watching it by next week. What do you think of the news that Black Panther 2 is going to be two hours and 41 minutes long? I think it's I think that's fine. I do too. I I think that's fine. I think the Batman was almost three hours. I think it has a lot to accomplish. It does. You you know, unfortunately obviously unfortunately, I think a large portion of the film is going to be a celebration of Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. slash T'Challa before we even get to deal with the the Namor and 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 the fighting like the main plot the main plot like Forward. I I think a significant amount of screen time is going to be spent with these characters dealing with T'Challa's death yeah I can see that and obviously is going to be a very thinly veiled celebration. Mm-hmm. of Chatwick Bozeman. So, you know, once you do all that, now you got you got all this other stuff going on. And so I don't mind. Me neither. Yeah, I don't mind at all. All right, Vincent. Are you ready? I, I, all right. Yes, it's not going to be this dude. Is You're not going to try and connect me to this dude, are you? Because <laughs> I don't know if he's been in movies or not. He had a small role. <laughs> like if he wasn't in the fish that say Pittsburgh or uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in Airplane or Michael Jordan was in um, Space, Space Jam, Jam and LeBron James was in Space. There's a surprising amount of basketball players in movies. You didn't even uh, get to uh, Kevin, um, Is Kevin Garnett, like- Kevin Garnett, who was in the Adam Sandler film. Um, what's that Diamonds movie? Oh, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, he's in that. And yeah, of course, Shaquille. O'Neal. Right. Yeah, Shaq's been in two or three movies. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess you could use a basketball player at I some could. point. <laughs> Write that down. So, in six movies, let's get to Emi Edo. <laughs> <laughs> Six Degrees of Durville Martin, where Vincent will attempt to get to an actor of my choice in six movies or less from the 70s heartthrob that is one Durville Martin. One Durville Martin. The man, the myth, the icon. 
Vincent in six movies or less. Six movies or less. You're from Derville Martin. Derville Martin. To Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. <sighs> Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. All right. I love that movie. <laughs> it's funny. It's like he's in 37 movies where the movie poster is him leaning up against some woman. <laughs> or the title of the movie. Or the title of the movie. But I'm blanking on every one on of his, every one of them. Every one of his female co-stars. Him. Like every one of his female co-stars. I'm blanking on. Ah, you can like throw a rock. You can, you can. I know. Okay, Matthew McConaughey. I'm trying to think of something he's in that I like. Oh, that's a good question. Well, oh God, I don't want to name. Hmm. I don't want to name movies. So. You don't want to name movies? Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey is in. I'm, I'm looking at his um, filmography, and I I would guess I'm looking at about maybe. Three films that I think you. Three films. Like. The, the bad thing is the thing that I like him the most is on True Detective. <clears throat> I never saw that. He's not bad. That's the first season, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not this bad. When, him and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So Matthew McConaughey is in. Um... Shit. I don't know what Matthew McConaughey's in. Do you need help? Give me a year. Because he's, he's pretty prolific. Uh, 2000. 2000? 2000. Okay. 2000, uh, he's only got one movie. U571. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the submarine movie? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember who was in that. <laughs> now you know some one person. That actually is a, a pretty good cast. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, what's his big one? His big movie? Um, well, I guess the big movie is uh, from 2013. Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, my God. God, this he he like he really is in that Kate Hudson sort of um what's the what's the white woman's name on Friends that they've been trying to make me care about for thirty years? Oh, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, like he really is in that. He's on People, the cover of People magazine every three months. Well, he did. Like, win, he won the Academy Award for Dallas Buyers Club. That, that, that means nothing to me. I mean, so I mean, it's it, I it, mean, it's a big movie because it was a big movie. He won, right? Right? Did best, you see it? Best actor, I did. Is it good? It is good. Is it good? It is good. Oh my god! <clears throat> I don't know what Matthew McConaughey is in that I would know. Some people he was in with him. This is a really good pick. Okay. All right. I'm going to go back to his And list. this is an honest pick. Like like Matthew McConaughey. 
the hell is Matthew McConaughey in? Wait. Is he in Magic Mike? Oh, I don't. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Thing is, you were just doing his bit from one of the movies. I know, but it's just all right, all right, all right. But I don't really know, you know, anything about. All right, so he's in Magic Mike. Okay, with uh, with was 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 the himbo dude in Magic Mike? <laughs> the himbo, they're all the, yeah, but they're the main white There's nothing boy. but himbos. the main white boy, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Dervo Martin. Mm-hmm. Is in Hitman with Bernie Casey. Is he? Yeah. Okay. You actually told me that. Okay. Look it up because this is the foundation of my whole thing. Of your whole thesis. Yeah. No, uh, okay, Dervon Martin, because I didn't have his filmography up real quick. I got it up now. Dervon Martin was in what was that? Hitman with Bernie Casey. <coughs> Hitman. Uh Dervon Martin is not in Hitman. He's <laughs> not in Hitman. No. I thought you told me he was in Hitman with Bernie Casey. Is that the Bernie Casey movie? He's not in Hitman. I don't see um I'm looking at his filmography. There's no movie called Hitman. There's no movie that's even called like something like Hitman. So okay. I'm not sure what movie you're talking about. Okay. Dervo Martin in that case is in let me me hunker down (coughs) Derville Martin is in he's in something with Bernie Casey because we talked about this before, but now I just can't remember what he's in with Bernie Casey. <laughs> Durville Martin. Oh boy, Vincent, are you getting stumped? Well, between the Bernie Casey and uh, I'm, I'm trying to get to. Channing Tatum and I don't know a lot of Channing Tatum stuff I, I'm I'm having a major brain fart I'm not I'm actually there. looking at his filmography I'm not seeing at least not from what I can see I'm not even seeing Bernie Casey coming up as like the star of any of the, the films that he was in yeah he is it's it's what's the name it's like the hitman it's he's 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 an assassin he's he's on the cover and he's got like Bernie Casey. Bernie Casey. He's wearing a hat. There's a, there's a more than a few movie posters where people are wearing hats. It's not. Give me Bernie Casey from like 1971, 72. Okay, I will look up Bernie Casey. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, this is way more interesting than anything that's going to happen with the movie. And I'm trying not to pick up my own phone because I'll, I'll probably go right to it. All right, so Bernie Casey. We're bringing up Bernie Casey. Here. It's like 7172. Doing this in real time. Bernie Casey, 1971, 72. <clears throat> yeah, I see the movie Hitman. 
That's not Bernie Casey? Uh, no, Bernie Casey is in it. I think Derville Martin is in that. He's not He's not on the cast list. Of Hitman? Yeah. Pam oh. Greer is. Not Derville Martin. Roger Mosley is. Not Derville Martin. All right. Okay. Derville Martin is in... Derville Martin is in... Everybody's like screaming movies. Sheba Baby. He's in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. He is in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. Yes. Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Is in... Mm -hmm. Grease Lightning with Richard Pryor. With Richard Pryor. That is correct. You're doing good so far. Richard Pryor is in. Richard Pryor. Because yes. I got to get the Channing Tatum. I get the Channing Tatum. Really, I get the, from there, you got to have room. Right, right. I got to have room to get to um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Richard Pryor mm-hmm. is in. So, so what do I have so far? I, I did how many have I Sheba done? Baby. No, no, no. So I did Richard, Pam Greer, Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor. So you did Sheba Baby, Grease Lightning. Richard Pryor is in. Which way is up with Margaret Avery? He is in. Which way is up and he stars in that with one margaret avery yes margaret avery boy you're stepping into some dangerous waters now i know (coughs) so margaret avery and now i go to um Okay, I'm starting all over again because I got to get to where I'm going faster. Yeah. Derville Martin. Okay. Is in. Okay. Derville Martin is in the big come down. Derville Martin with is, Billy D. Williams. It's in the final. The final come down. I'm sorry. Okay. Billy D. Williams is in the um what's our movie? Do 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 The Sting? No, not the Sting, but the dude who made the music for the Sting. Oh, so the the Scott Joplin movie. Is in the Scott Joplin. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me get the actual name of that film it's called like the scott joplin story it's called like the scott joplin story um uh, hold on i just want to i just want to get the the name of that that film uh oh, why, do they, why don't they just have his freaking filmography here yeah it's like scott joplin 
yeah, they don't have his like a, a link to his filmography. It's a, it's a, I find it. No, I think that's the name of the movie. Okay, yeah, you're right. Scott Joplin. Yeah, all right. So he's in Scott Joplin. Billy D. Williams is in Scott Joplin with Margaret Avery. Margaret Avery is in The Color Purple with um, Lawrence Fishburne. Okay. Lawrence Fishburne is in Boys in the Hood with Ice Cube. Ice Cube is in 21 Jump Street with Channing Tatum. He is? Yep. (laughs) Who is in Magic Mike with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, Hold on. I I, I... I'm sorry. I just want to go ahead. Check on that. He's um, in 21 Jump Street. He plays her captain. Channing Tatum. Uh, filmography 21 Jump Street. <coughs> Excuse me. Which has a cast of Ice Cube as Captain Dixon. Mm-hmm. You're right. Very good. That's it. Oh, that was way harder. Way harder. Than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. How could I have gotten to him in like two moves? Well, everybody was screaming a wolf, uh, the wolf of Wall Street. I didn't even know he was in that. You, you were doing the bit. That's him. I mean, that's what he just does, though. But that's him in the all movie. Right, I mean, but no, that's him in like real life. No, but it comes. It, it, it comes in. All right. All right. All right. It, it, it really. Like, all right. This whole. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, Wall I didn't Street. see the wolf of Wall Street. You didn't see that. Oh, I did. I mean, I'm sure it was. Really good. Movie. I did. Really good. Seems like a movie that I would have chosen something else to do. Okay, but I mean, but if Wolf of Wall Street gets you Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, I mean, yeah, once I get yeah Leonardo DiCaprio, you get him Sam Jackson. And, and people are screaming out uh, Rain of Fire with Christian Bale. <laughs> I forgot he was in Rain of Fire. Is that the Helicopters versus Dragons movie? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he sure was in that. <laughs> and he was in that Time to Kill. That's like one of the movies. Oh, that that's really got right. Imagine, started. imagine the little girl, but imagine if she was black, and that's Sam Jackson. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Oof. That was that was rough. That was that was rough and rugged. Matthew McConaughey's a good one. That's rough. Are you are you you, you think you got it in you for one more? I, I do. I do. It's look. <coughs> this one should be easier. Oh well. Don't. <laughs> this will be easier. All right. It's six movies or less get from Derville Martin. Derville Martin to Vanessa Williams. Okay, Vanessa Williams is nice. You probably get have fun getting to Vanessa Williams. Her filmography is not super long. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm gonna get to Vanessa Williams. We were talking about him earlier. Via Emi Adoka? <laughs> no, via one of the greatest films ever made. And this is how I'm going to do that. Okay. Because Dervil Martin is in <laughs> We'll go fast because we wasted so much time. Dervil Martin is in uh, I won't even do Dick Anthony Williams. I'll do Leonard Jackson. Dervil Martin is in Five on the Black Hand Side with Leonard Jackson. Leonard Jackson is in Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Coming to America with Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is in Eve's Bayou with Journey Smollett. And Journey Smollett 
appears with Vanessa Williams with a fake French accent for absolutely no reason whatsoever in Tyler Perry's first foray into serious filmmaking, Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry. Well done. <laughs> well done. And uh, Ashy Feet is screaming out bingo because we mentioned Nia Long, Anika Noni Rose, and now. <laughs> You know that um that in the right let the right one in is coming out in a few days on Showtime, her new show. That's the adaptation of the movie, the vampire movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have high hopes for it, but why don't you have high hopes for it? I, I mean, I just, I, I just don't, I, I don't like, I don't like when they um adapted it to an American film. Like, I think part of what made it so powerful is that it was like Danish mm-hmm. or something like there was something kind mm-hmm. of eerie and otherworldly about the um the setting. Mm-hmm. And then when they adapted it to an American setting, it kind of just kind of took away from it. And now I don't really know how you make a series out of it. But, you know, I'll be watching because Showtime murdered the man who fell to earth. Did we talk about that? Did we talk about that? I finished it. No, we didn't. So, so it, it ends. It's, it, it is fantastic. Yeah. It is 10 episodes and it is fantastic. Is it a complete story? It is is 100% a complete story. So like if this was the only season, it would be fine. I don't know how they could continue it. Okay. So put it that way. It is kind of like, 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 like they, they nail the ending as if this is it. Okay. So okay. 10 episodes uh I think I said like episode 7 is one of the greatest examples of afrofuturism I've ever seen. Okay. It, yeah. So Hotel Edge of 4 and Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris and Clark Peters. Yeah. Oh, that's right cuz she he plays her father. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm I'm I I hold out hope that they can do that with let the right one in. Okay. Because Anika Noni Rose should always have a good job. Is that going to be on Showtime? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. There you go. All right. Yes, you do indeed get bingo because we've mentioned all of them. We we we've hit it all. We've hit it all. Now I guess we got to talk about um. Salt and pepper. But first, these messages. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. People of Great Britain, this is your Prime Minister speaking. I am giving the incumbent Prime Minister exactly 30 minutes in which to publicly tender his resignation. Oh, I like the way you walk. Sammy Davis Jr. The way you talk. Now stop! Go! Peter Lawford. As salt and pepper. I'm pepper and salt. You and me against all of them guys? Well, you're looking at a very unhappy African. Salt and pepper. Strike! The heroes who held the fate of the world in their hands and dropped it. 
I saw this movie once. Oh, no. Now, no. Listen, please. In a private room of a London club, salt and pepper. Oh, I wasn't imagining things. He was dead how to get in the bathroom. He wasn't feeling well. As I was saying. You dare to challenge the Marquis de Bain? Aha! Beat, pass, send you a slant to throw. Then, as I end the refrain, aha! Watch this one, baby. Here it come. Thrust home! Pepper! Where are you? In the hallowed halls of higher education. Over here! What are you doing in that tower? Salt and pepper. I saw this movie once where two guys were... Bring it on up! Hey, Chris. I saw a movie once where two guys were in a cellar like this. Now see if my karate lessons pay off. Just watch. Aboard an atomic submarine. Hey! Salt and pepper. And in the turned-on clubs of Soho. I saw a movie once where two guys went into a barber shop and they sat down in the chair. What happened? They were just sitting yeah! Salt and pepper are into big stuff. I was a fag for two years when I was here. Don't mind me! So you've gone over. Salt and pepper. Together, unshakable. You remember that movie you were telling me about? Yeah. Two men in the barber chairs? Mm-hmm. Well, do me a favor. Don't tell me the ending. Salt and pepper. Yeah, pepper and salt. You know, the next time, I'm going to get the girl. That's definite. Salt and Pepper, a 1968 British comedy film directed by Richard Donner of Superman fame and starring Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lautford, and Michael Bates. After discovering a murdered female agent in their nightclub, groovy owners, Charles (laughs) Salt and Christopher Pepper partake in a fumbling investigation and uncover an evil plot to overthrow the government. This film set in the world of the swinging 60s, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got your beads. You got it all. It's funky. It's funky. It's Sammy Davis as you've never seen him before. Mm. In Vincent's selection for this stop on the Show mission, Vincent, what say you of salt and pepper? Salt and pepper is a movie that I did not know existed before conservatively three years ago. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I've, I saw it once we had already started the podcast because I watched maybe 10 minutes of it. And I said, Oh yeah, we got to talk about this on the show and turned it off. Right. 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 So Cause I like wanted me. to, right. I wanted to watch the whole thing and it's, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> this film is a mess for many, many reasons. And, and if I had to sum it up in one sentence, that the dear missionaries need to remember about salt and pepper. It is this in 1968, Sammy Davis jr. 
was 43 years old. And frankly, that is all you need to know about the many failures of this film. There's one other thing I, I will do. I'll leave it for when I. Talk okay. Oh, let's be clear. And I'll get to this in a moment. I'm going to give my, I'm going to do my due diligence and talk about it, but let's be clear. I'm just trying to check off all my boxes to get to you. <laughs> Salt and pepper, which is, is, is a reference to the two characters played by Sammy Davis Jr. And Peter Lawford, Sammy Davis Jr. Plays Charles Salt. What? And Peter Lawford plays Christopher, Christopher Pepper. No, which, I, think you, I think you got that wrong. Peter Lawford must play Charles Salt and Sammy Davis Jr. plays Christopher. You would think that because as a white man, you would think he would play a character named Salt. Right. And as a black man, you would think Sammy Davis Jr. plays a character named Pepper. But in fact, Salt is a black man. And Pepper is a white man. So they're challenging conventions. This is a joke that apparently the filmmakers thought was so funny. That is the foundation of several jokes within this film. They play these club owners, as you said, in Swingin' London mm -hmm. in 1968. And this is very much a depiction of London that I suspect existed more in films in media of the time than actual London. And you think about, you know, a film like Alfie, mm -hmm. you think about something like Georgie girl. Uh, we, I, I was talking to you before we start taping about a list of these depictions of the swinging sixties. And on the list was something like to Sir with love. With Sidney Poitier. With Sidney Poitier, but there is a difference between Sidney Poitier being in the midst of the swinging 60s in London and Sammy Davis Jr.'s Sammy Davis Jr.'s Charles Salt being in the midst of the swinging 60s. And the difference is the film wants us to believe that Sammy Davis Jr. is a swinging hip cat. Yes. In the midst of all the swinging hip stuff. It's it's a bit of, 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 of an odd couple energy that the film wants you to tack on to. You, you know, these two men and, and, and certainly Peter Lawford is British and he's a white guy and he looks very good smoking a cigarette and drinking a scotch and soda. And he spends the majority of the film in a tuxedo. Yes. And that is a good speed for Peter Lawford, mainly because Peter Lawford doesn't have a lot to offer besides that. That's correct. So Peter Lawford absolutely stays in his lane. And it makes sense that the other character would be the one who would be hip and cutting edge. And in the film's defense, you see these relationships in a lot of movies. Speaking of Sidney Poitier, in a lot of ways, that is the dynamic between Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby in one of our favorite movies, Uptown Saturday Night, mm -hmm. where Sidney Poitier is a straight man and, and kind of, you know, clear eyed. And then Bill Cosby is the hip cat. So from the beginning, Sammy Davis Jr. as a hip cat just 
does not work. 43-year-old Sammy Davis Jr. as a hip cat just does not work at all. And we can certainly talk about Sammy Davis Jr. at this moment and everything, because in a lot of ways, unfortunately, this is an accurate reflection of Sammy Davis Jr. Mm -hmm. and what he was trying to achieve. But within the movie, just talking about the movie, it is distracting. Unfortunately, these two, so so Sammy Davis Jr. is distracting. Peter Lawford is just not that good at acting. <laughs> and unfortunately, this relationship is the foundation for the film, which yeah. has a pretty standard plot mm-hmm. of there. there's a murder at the club. Con, come to find out the person that is murdered was attached to British intelligence. You have these two characters. They're in over their head. And it's it's a spoof of spy movies. It's a spoof of these swinging 60s movies. But so much of the film's success or failure is based on the goodwill that you have towards these two actors right. and their relationship. And within the film, it's just not there. It's just not there. And I have to say, part of what you see in this film is a dynamic that, frankly, I've always been uncomfortable with with Sammy Davis Jr. and members of the Rat Pack. Mm-hmm. Peter Lawford is, is part of the Rat Pack, the, you know, the famous Rat Pack. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop. In that order, exactly. Sammy Davis Jr. oftentimes never really seems comfortable in his own skin when he's with the Rat Pack. He's always doing way too much. Mm-hmm. Try, you know, he, he always feels like he's got to be on at all times. And it is, it is, it is a little uncomfortable to modern eyes to see this black man very uncomfortable kind of kind of and 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 in a lot of ways be treated like a mascot mm-hmm. part of the reason that you can maybe even squint your eyes and deal with it a little bit in something like you know say oceans 11 i actually think sammy davis jr is more talented than frank sinatra and dean martin he is and i think both of them are very talented i just think Dean, I mean, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is just that much talented. Mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. deferring to Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, you kind of, uh, I mean, I, I mean, they are cool ass dudes. Uh, all, right, all right, all right, I'll allow it. Sammy Davis Jr. deferring to Peter Lawford, yeah, is unacceptable. Nope. <laughs> It is absolutely unacceptable. And unfortunately, it seems like everyone knew that, (laughs) except Sammy Davis Jr. Mm -hmm. So I honestly don't have any more fault with this film itself as I do any of these 60s films. Like like when like like you know, Alfie came out and 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 and, and Georgia Girl came out and then all these kind of swinging 60s movies came out. And even the spy films. You, you know, like I love the in like Flint movies. Yeah. With um James Coburn. James Coburn. Love James Coburn in the in like Flint movies. But 
it, it, you know, it's a real frivolous kind. Like those Flint movies are real frivolous and do not age well. Do not age, but they don't age well because of stuff like <laughs> Oriental Call Girl, which is a phrase that is used several times in this film. Okay, like but- I think they're very sexist. You know, they're very racist. They're very, you know, they're products of their time. Yeah, but they get over because of James Coburn. Mm-hmm. But the films themselves are like, yeah, you know, whatever. And I think this film is very much a, yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> film. Certainly there are some faults with the film. I'm sure you may have found some faults. I have to tell you, I couldn't get to the faults. Like I couldn't even get to the faults of the film. Like, like some critics talked about the tonal shifts. Like it's a lot of murder. Yeah. For this to be a light film. Yes, there's a lot of lot of <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr.'s Charles Salt kills, I think, 12 people mm-hmm. in this film between mm-hmm. stabbing them and and shooting them. And shooting them. Yeah. And it's like, wow, it's it's a lot of people dying in this film for it to be a light swinging 60s film. And that's a little abrupt. It's abrupt because they they both at different times in the film, multiple times, you know, uh shy away from killing right and yet there are times they gleefully they i was about kill, to say both of them have this huge body count so there's stuff like that but like i said i could barely get to that because of how distracting a sammy davis jr was trying to be a hip dude mm-hmm at 43 years old in 1968 and let's be clear this is not denzel washington at 40 in the year 2000 Uh -uh. you know this is george clooney at 57 Mm -hmm. this is 43 years old in 1968 surrounded by 20 year olds Mm -hmm. and it's just sad like there are parts of this film where i'm embarrassed by proxy for sammy davis jr and again for a man with infinite talents for him to play this secondary role to peter freaking lawford i know i know just took me out of the whole thing before i could even get to the other parts so that the the film is is a failure as a film but what i really am looking forward to is talking about what was going on around the film around the film well let me just start with there is no actor in the history of Hollywood, who I like less than Peter Lawford. Hmm. I have absolutely zero regard for Peter Lawford as an actor. I don't think, uh, I think he lacks charisma. I think he lacks talent. I think the only thing that the man has going for him is not a bad looking man and he has height. Mm-hmm. And at the height of his career, which was the late 50s and early 60s, the thing that he had going for him was that at that time he was married into the Kennedys family. Yes. Which meant that he was um, more or less the the right hand man for Frank Sinatra at that time, who would do anything to curry favor with the Kennedys. Right. He was actually an in-law. Yeah, he was, he was in-law, married to in-law. Bobby and Ted and JFK's sister. sister. Right. Um, so 
at the, but at this point in 1968, you're talking about the the Rat Pack, which definitely had their heydays in the early 60s. At this point, the, the Rat Pack is all but done. Mm-hmm. It's 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 done. There's no more movies. Ocean's Eleven, uh, Robin and the Seven Hoods are are long in the rearview mirror, and even Frank Sinatra and D. Martin aren't teaming up as often anymore at all. And as a matter of fact, in 1968, Frank Sinatra is off doing his own thing. Dean Martin is making his way to television. Right. With his um, variety show on NBC. Mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. at this time is 43 years old. But the, the other thing you have to remember when he takes on this film is that Sammy Davis Jr. at this time and as he would throughout his entire life is this close to flat broke Mm. because he owes everybody. He does almost everything on credit and he is literally doing shows to pay past bills like he is barely bringing home any money but like you said sammy davis jr in always wanting to keep up with the joneses always wanting to show that you know yeah you know i've got it going on was living this lavish lifestyle that he could no longer really afford so he had no choice than to jump at the opportunity that Peter Lawford, who actually produced this film, presents to him as an opportunity for them to do a movie together. Both of them are dying. They are starving for some type of relevance in the mid to late 60s. Dean Martin's got his his shows in in Vegas. He's he's soon. In fact, actually, I think in 68, he's already on television. Mm -hmm. So he's got that going on. And Dean Martin, who in the early 50s and 60s, rightfully got himself out of debt and started making tons and tons of dough, is using his money smartly and owns tons and tons of property in Los Angeles and in California. Dean Martin is paid and he's at that point where he can pick choose and refuse sammy davis jr and peter lawford they're not sammy davis i just told you he's flat broke he needs to work he doesn't own any masters to any of his music any of the songs that he is putting out that barely get any hits they're not they are they are um, remakes or covers of other songs. Right. Because so, it's like a few years before Candyman. It's a few, few years before Candyman. Another song, which he's not going to own either. Right. You know, um, Peter Lawford, because of a historic falling out with Frank Sinatra, because unable to get the, the to solidify that connection with the Kennedys, Peter Lawford, by way of Frank Sinatra, is all but blacklisted in california and Mm -hmm. and that's the reason why this production is filmed over in britain right so and is he divorced he's at this time in 68 i believe he is divorced from the so he's not even connected to the connection anymore so he 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 again is looking for relevance 1968 you got these these Two 40-year-olds, Sammy Davis, 43, Peter Lawford, I believe, is 45. They are striving to look cool. And just like 
all old men, especially old white men, because like I said, Peter Lawford is the one running the show here. They're late to the dance. They're just late to the party and they want to be seen as hip. They want to be seen as, as what's happening. Uh, Sammy Davis is pivoting away from the Rat Pack vibe. And now he's trying to lock on to this psychedelic 60s vibe by way of him wearing like nothing but the Nehru jackets oh in this in, in in this uh, in this film he, like Sammy Davis Jr literally changes suits from room to room <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Peter Lawford is in a uh, that's actually kind of <laughs> amusing it is amusing it is amusing and to be and to be fair there are a couple of the outfits that while they are of the time i can kind of rock with them like, I will clown you forever if you show up wearing anything that Sammy Davis Jr. wears in this movie. No, I thought, okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, there's two things that he wore that I didn't think were bad. I'm not saying I would necessarily I'll wear say, them, I dare but you. I think of the time, there's a, he's got on, and I think it's brown, like a brown, like Nehru jacket. It's got, got like a gold zipper and he's got like a turtleneck <laughs> underneath it. I didn't think that was a bad look. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he pulls it off, but I don't think it is a bad look. Okay. And then there's a time where he's got this really big kind of like blousy um, <laughs> gray sweater mm-hmm. that's got this red and black kind of stripe across the, the Right, the right. Is that where he's wearing like the, the leather tights? The, tight, the tights don't work. The leather tights. But the sweater I thought was nice. And the leather. I right. thought the sweater was nice. Yeah, yeah. I like the sweater. It's of its time. Okay. But in of its time, I thought it it it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Okay. But but the point of that though is mm-hmm. that Sammy Davis is trying desperately to look hip. Right. Like because there are times you talked about he 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 performs two songs and in this movie mm. one is kind of like just the background it's the um the theme song to the movie that plays out at the end yeah and it doesn't even match the tone of the movie because yeah really groovy it sounds like one of those like it sounds like of the 50s and the 40s but it's the best song it's the best it's the best song it's the best song because it's him in his reign yes the, the other song that he sings and which i don't even know what it is but it's some dumbass swinging swinging song oh my God. where to his credit like you said he's a multi-talent he is on stage playing multiple instruments he's playing the drums he uh plays a trumpet for a second for a a little bit but the song is stupid it's a Mm -hmm. song it absolutely makes no sense because it sounds like a 40 50 year old trying to make music that they think 20 and 30 year olds want to listen to and dance to right and it it totally misses the mark It, it it just it's just a total failure um but i couldn't help but watching him flit around in this movie i couldn't help but get prince flashbacks i don't know if you saw that <sighs> i think it's because he maybe it's because he's short and he does he he is dressed in his own movie much the way prince would be dressed in his own movie see again the difference is prince was infinitely cool. No, d- you're right. Infinite. So when cool. he would be, when he would kind of flit across the stage and do Prince stuff, it was like, I Prince was. I know all eyes are on me. Yeah, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. is. Please, everyone, I need look all at eyes me. Eyes on me. Yes, with Sammy Davis Jr., you, you see him sweat. 
Right. You see him sweat throughout this. And movie. you see him like sneaking peeks at the audience. Yeah. To see yeah. if they're looking at him. Right. And he, but he's also doing that because he is acting against a board. True. In Peter Lawford. Absolutely. Because Peter Lawford in this movie, you know, I think the only reason he did this movie is because he wanted to try and finally be the quote unquote Frank Sinatra in a film. Right. Because you notice, like, Sammy Davis Jr., probably by way of just his makeup and the, and the way that he's kind of like navigated throughout his own his whole career. Yes, he's trying very hard to be hip, but he also there are moments of self-deprecation yes. uh, in this film uh, of him. Peter Lawford is above all that. He's above any of that. And even when he actually does try to be funny, it comes off as stiff and boring and, and just another um, way of showing off how completely untalented he is yeah he is absolutely untalented also when being late to the show this movie is 1968 it's supposed to be like a swinging spy spoof by 1968 the in the the two flint movies i think they've already been made Mm -hmm. they're done dean martin is probably making the last of his Matt Helm movies. Yeah. Which are spy spoof. An, an, another that that <laughs> that because yeah, the, and, and the main and those movies and those movies are like very diminishing returns. I think he did four of them. Yeah. They, they are extremely diminishing returns. And by the time he does the fourth one, it's a huge flop. I mean, he's tired. Well, he's tired. He doesn't care. Yeah. Dave Martin, he 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 hasn't Dave Martin has not cared since 1950-something. Yeah. He's not cared about anything since 1950. But again, this is a a, a, a image of these two guys that late to that party. Right? Yeah. And then not long after this, which to be fair, because it's a low-budget film, it's a little bit of a hit. Enough of a hit that it does spur a a sequel. A sequel. <laughs> a few years later, called One More Time. Yeah. Directed by Sammy Davis Jr.'s good friend Jerry Lewis. <laughs> um, another person who was desperately trying to hold on to irrelevance at this moment. Yeah. Um. This it, it not long after this film. This is when Sammy Davis tries to appeal to the black audience, which is kind of like leaving him behind because in this movie, he's strictly trying to appeal to white kids. Yeah. It's not about black kids. No, it's about white kids. Yeah. So now he tries to shift to start appealing to um, black kids. It's not long after this film that he, 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 he blows out his, his straightened hair and he starts rocking an Afro. Yeah. I noticed he actually has an Afro in the sequel. Right. Yeah, uh, he actually not long after this signs a deal with Motown for an album that does uh, that comes out and flops hard, um, and he starts trying to, you know, find his voice in Black America. Yeah, but Black America is not uh, is not feeling him. The Democratic Party is not feeling him because they pretty much ostracized him because of the whole uh, Kennedy thing, and they don't. And because they're against him because he's married to a white woman at this time, my Brit. Right. So Sammy Davis Jr. will make a hard pivot, which will almost ruin the rest of his career. 
yeah. to the Republican side yeah. in an infamous um, picture with Richard Nixon. My dad did not mess with Sammy Davis Jr. I think to his to when he passed. No, I'm, there are a lot. My of dad did not rock with Sammy Davis there are Jr. A lot of people at that all. Did not rock with Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. After that, but although my parents went to see him when my mom was pregnant with me. Well, the the thing is, is that one, you said it. He is an extremely talented man. Mm-hmm. You cannot knock the man's talent. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. And when he, you see him on stage, my mom has always said, like the best show that she ever saw, best live show she ever saw was Sammy Davis Jr. in Philadelphia. Okay, back in like I think like the fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It was literally like at the height of his powers. Yeah. It was literally the best show she ever saw. Um, and he leaves it all. He leaves it all on the table. Um, now you realize he's leaving. It, when you learn the backstory, you realize he's leaving it on the table because he's literally playing for his supper. Right. But you know, God bless the man. He, he's he's doing the damn thing. So yeah, they will go still see him. You don't agree with the man politics, but you can't knock the man's skill. You can't knock the man's gift. Mm-hmm. But the shame of it is, is that this man who may have been singularly one of the most talented people to ever walk the earth was n- um, unfortunately, his own worst enemy. Absolutely. In in throughout his career. Yeah, absolutely. Throughout his career. Yeah, and I think this is our fourth film mm-hmm. with Sammy Davis Jr. because he was in the film with Eartha Kitt, Anna Lacosta, with Anna Lacosta, where where he would have been a young man, mm-hmm. and he just acts. Mm-hmm. And Anna Lacoste, like he doesn't sing or dance. And we said it, like, check the record. He's a pretty good actor. He he definitely has. He's a charisma. pretty yeah. good actor. Yeah. Poor Guillaume Bess. In a lot of ways, it's a mess of a movie. Mm-hmm. Far and away the best thing in it, Poor Guillaume Bess. Is it Sammy Davis Jr.? It's Sammy Davis Jr., far and away. Years after this, <clears throat> my favorite Sammy Davis Jr. performance on film in Tap. Mm-hmm. Tap is I don't know how many years before he's going to die. Like he's actually an old man in Tap. It's not long, and his talent comes off the screen in Tap as he's almost dying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's so frustrating to see him at forty three. Which let's be clear, forty three in nineteen sixty eight hanging out with the cool, hip, white kids in London, you look like an old man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 43 is 63 today. But he's not old at 43. Like, 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 if he would just stay in his lane, be Sammy and... Well, the thing is, I don't know if he knows what Sammy is. Well, he absolutely does know. We we were... I, I, I joked about waiting to get to your part. Just, just a little um background. Last week, before I left, Lynn Lynn got in his bag and started talking about the old stuff. Like I stood up for almost a half hour holding my uh messenger bag, not leaving, because Lynn was talking like I love all of this history mm-hmm. of him. And I don't know as much as you, but you know, I one of his biography is one of my favorite biographies of all time. Which one? The first one or the second one? It's it's the one called Sammy, which I think it's his last biography. I don't think he wrote that. No, he okay. co-wrote it. Okay. But he co-wrote it with um oh, I forget her name. But it folds in Yes I Am and Why Me. Mm-hmm. 
But he talks about how there are points in his life where regardless of how distasteful some of us see the relationship with Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra would basically have an intervention and say, Sammy, you need to just be Sammy. Like I know when he had, when he had his eye patch and he started getting like designer eye patches and, and Frank Sinatra was the one that told him that's a gimmick. You don't need a gimmick. Like you're Sammy Davis jr. And I believe Frank Sinatra was the one who told him to stop dressing like a damn clown. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're Sammy Davis Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, put on a tuxedo, get on stage, and be Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. So it's so frustrating to see him in this mode right now. And it's almost like he wasted some years. Well, unfortunately, because of that relationship, which was definitely fractured, because, yes, was was uh, did Frank Sinatra open some doors for Sammy Davis Jr.? He certainly did. He certainly did. You can't. There's no denying of that. And Frank Sinatra was instrumental in some places treating Sammy Davis Jr. Let's say better than they would other black performers. They right. never gave him their full respect, but they right. treated him a, a little bit better. But a lot of that was also was you juxtapose that with Frank Sinatra making Sammy Davis Jr. very often the the butt of his jokes right sometimes when when sammy is not even there yeah he's not he's not even there and he's still making making jokes about it about his good friend um so you know i've always like as i've grown more and learned more of the history i've got real ambivalent feelings about frank sinatra in, in 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 this space frank um sammy davis jr's relationship with with Dean Martin mm. um, is a more solidified one, mm-hmm. um, but because Dean Martin and his, you know, practice aloofness, he would re- give uh, extend an olive branch out to Sammy, and then when Sammy didn't take it, he'd be like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll go back to my fabulous <laughs> life being rich." Yeah. Dean Martin. Can't say I didn't tell you. Right, right. All right, <laughs> right. All right bro. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna be be cool. Right, right, right. Um, so but that's Amore is playing as he walks out the room. Right. Yeah. With a with a plate of spaghetti. Uh-huh. Um, but Sammy Davis, he spent almost his entire career, all the way up to that final tour, that misbegotten tour that he he um Sinatra and D. Martin do in the 80s. Yeah. He spends his entire career believing that he owes something to Frank Sinatra. And to a degree, while he does owe him a little bit of his career, that had been paid off. I was about to say at some point, yeah. If at some point you really just get the cojones, that debt had been that been paid off. And to to his um discredit, the person who was in his ear about that throughout his life was first Eartha Kitt because he had a, a famous relationship with Eartha Kitt mm-hmm. back in the day and in La Costa days. Um, then his marriage, to, his his wife, my Brit. Yeah. She was always like, Sammy, I don't like the way these people treat you. I don't right. like the way they're talking about you. You'd really need to like, you know, do A, B and C, take care of the money. Let's get, let's get things all together. Let's get it right. And Sammy would just like, 
kind of dog her out to the point where eventually they they break up yeah uh and then he would later marry altavis yeah and who he's married to at the time of his death but sammy spent his entire life chasing trying to keep up with the sinatras right um and it ultimately was what ruined him and what ruined his career. The beautiful thing about Tap and the movie that you forgot, we asked only five films, is A Man Called Adam. We did that. Right. Um, which was his own production. Yeah. Which was his own way of trying to, like, you know, get out there. The, the unfortunate thing is that charisma that you saw in Anna LaCosta and in Porgy and Bess, and it's kind of there in A Man Called Adam. Mm hmm. Sammy Davis, because of how gifted he is, I think he had the acting chops, but he needed training. Mm -hmm. He needed training. And I think with more training, taking it a little bit more seriously, he could have done more work. Dean Martin never took acting seriously. He didn't care. So he pretty much was Dean Martin on screen. Say what you want about Frank Sinatra. There are moments in Frank Sinatra's filmography where Frank Sinatra leans in and tries to give a nuanced performance. Absolutely. Absolutely does. Yeah. You know, and shows that he's got the chops. And then when he leans on, he listens to a director, he listens to his coaches and people on his ear. He can pull, he can give you a pretty magnetic performance. Um, Sammy Davis, a man called Adam, was his opportunity to do that. And it, 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 it's, a failure unfortunately well how much or it does he do any acting after his run on broadway his run on broadway and golden boy that that's that because golden pre- boy is after no that all precedes this golden boy is actually like I'm, in the mid 60s no 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 I, I know it precedes this but this is some nonsense okay. i'm talking about Oh, okay. Is there is there a, is there something that he's in where he can actually act? Well, yes. After he then, he's been on Broadway, because then he does. Because uh, I think he's good in tap. Because he he does. Um. Um. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Mister Bojangles. That's a, that, that becomes his big hit, but that is part of. I think that is part of an actual Broadway production. Oh, I'm in film. Oh, he, he's not really. He, he's that, not, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's not, not really in he's film. Not, he's not in film again until, until your movie, Cannibal. <laughs> he's not in film again, really, until Cannibal. Cannibal Run isn't actually a good <laughs> showcase for the acting prowess that I'm talking but That's about. his next opportunity. But that's his next opportunity that's his next opportunity in film i mean film. he's definitely still there in the culture he does mr bojangles he does which which spurs candy man which is his biggest hit um his biggest hit of his career he then has a memorable appearance in the early 70s on all in the family um where he historically kisses uh carol o'connor's archie bunker right right um are you looking at his filmography i am Seeing if it's anything that we can look at. I don't think there's really anything after. I think you're so right. Yeah, because Cannonball Run is 81. Right. Yeah, and t- throughout the all of the 70s, right. he's trying to recreate his career. Right, you know? right. You've and, got television and Yeah, because then because yeah. then he shows up on the Dean Martin roast. They they were uh do a roast for him. Um and he shows up on Laughing. Right, where he basically is kind of like like a little minstrel. It's it, the, here the, comes here comes the judge. I was listening to, the, and I thought that was Pig Meat Markham. 
Like, why did I think that was pig meat Markham? Oh, you didn't know that was Sammy? I don't no, think no. I, I thought that yeah, was that pig meat Markham no. doing here coming because I thought that was his. No, bit. I think I think it was his bit. But Sammy, Sammy like, picked it up and ran with it, said, I like that. And ran yeah, that's it. no good. It's not. I was listening to some of that earlier. I said, oh, that's no good, Sammy. No, no. And even then he's missing the boat because he's he's on this like countercultural sh- show laughing. But it's made by two older white guys. I know. You know, like, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool, but there's a reason why laughing doesn't run anymore. Right, right. It does not age very well. because It's not really that funny. And I contend that Tap, by way of Gregory Hines, is really a reclamation project for Sammy Davis. Oh, Jr. I don't even think you have to contend that. Like, I think that's what Gregory Hines. I mean, Gregory Hines said yeah. in so many words, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's why, while it definitely is a spotlight for Sammy Davis Jr. I think that's why you also have him there in the midst of the Nicholas brothers and all yeah, the other. Yeah. 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 Look, the great irony of tap <coughs> is that my interpretation was Sammy Davis Jr. As, as this man with infinite talents, mm-hmm. He downplay is a really strong word, but frankly, I feel a little comfortable with. It. I feel like there were moments where he downplayed his tap dance. Well, yeah, yeah, but at the end, I think that is is in tap and that kind of tap period. That was what was so beautiful about Sammy Davis Jr. at the end. Yeah, like like him as as this tap dancer. Yeah, see, but I I mean I don't see it as a tap period. Like I say, I see it more as like you know, it's only like a year or two. If that, thus it wasn't a period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it was unfortunately the end, right? And it was, um, uh, like I said, kind of like a a recontextualizing of Sammy Davis, right? Um, and a reappreciation of him, right? Uh. didn't mean that the warts weren't still there. It no, didn't no, mean no. that he he wasn't someone who should have loomed so much larger yeah. in the culture. And not to put too fond of a point on it, I don't think it's accidental that that recontextualizing and that reappreciation was funneled through arguably the blackest mm-hmm. thing that he did at the time. At the time, which was the dancing. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Your brother is pointing out that. Um, he him showing up on the Cosby show. Yeah. Yeah. He was on the Cosby and it's a great episode. And, and because he doesn't play, he plays like somebody. He's not, he, play, he, right. He plays, he, his granddaughter is having a baby. Right. Right. And, That's and, right. right. And, but he and Bill Cosby have amazing chemistry. So much so that remember they went on tour together. Oh, did they? Yeah. Sammy that. and Sammy Davis Jr. and Bill Cosby. For that. I thought it was after he was on the Cosby show. I mean, he's not in like the Cosby show is not that long before he passes. away. Yeah. Well, that period, he and Bill Cosby actually did some shows together. So, yeah. So would you recommend that people see Salt and Pepper? You know what? Unfortunately, I wouldn't. And I really do mean that that unfortunately I wouldn't be because I really do think regardless of how embarrassing this performance is i think like you just you just said i'm just gonna repeat what you just said i think sammy davis jr is one of the most talented people to ever walk the earth Mm -hmm. so it seems like any moment 
where he has been captured on film, by default, you should recommend it. And certainly I've fallen down rabbit holes. Like I have two rabbit holes that I fall down on YouTube that I don't even mess with them after like 10 o'clock because I know I'll be up till two, three in the morning. And that's the Jacksons (laughs) and the Jackson family. Like I'll mess with the Jacksons on YouTube because I'll look up. It'll be two in the morning and Sammy Davis Jr. But, you know, unfortunately, I would not recommend this. No, me neither. um, And unfortunately, outside of maybe Anna LaCosta, and I guess to a degree for the silliness of it, and he's the best thing in the movie, Ocean's Eleven, the original, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend any Sammy Davis Jr. movie. Okay, maybe Tap. Tap, of course. But I don't see that as a Sammy Davis Jr. movie. I. I like parts of Porgy and Bess, and I think he's good enough in Porgy and Bess to recommend Porgy and Bess. Okay. I I, I think that if you watch Anna LaCosta, you watch um Ocean's Eleven, watch that scene in tap, and then yeah. you could and then and then fall down the Sammy Davis Jr. YouTube rabbit hole. He's in Robin in the Seven Hoods, isn't he? Yes. He th- he sings a song in that, but that's not a good movie. He sings the theme song. It's not a good movie. It's a horrible movie. He's the only one that sings in that. Because I know he's, he's the, the only, only one, one with a performance in Ocean's Eleven, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's a horrible movie. I have no memory of Robin in the Seven Hoods. Mm-hmm. No one does. Yeah, of course. You I, know who remembers Robin in the Seven Hoods? The cast of Flash Gordon. The cast of Flash Gordon. Um, it's funny you bring up that you fell down a uh, Michael Jackson Jackson's rabbit hole. Oh yeah, I don't know how this happened. I was watching YouTube the other day, which I I watch when I'm eating and I know I got to get back to work, so I don't want to get tied into something. Mm-hmm. So I just watch short bites or something, right? And I I don't know how it happened, but something had Michael Jackson on it. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it. That's how they get you. And then the next thing that came up was the video for um. Blame it on the boogie. Mm-hmm. I never knew there was. Oh a video yeah, for blaming. Oh on yeah, the boogie. And it's not a good video. Oh yeah, that's 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 but how to get. No, it. I know what I I know what it is that I saw. Mm-hmm. I know what it is I saw. The Jackson Five plus Randy, Randy mm-hmm. as guests on the Tonight Show. Oh come on, stop. Stop. Which was great. It actually stop. was great because they like do a totally like different version of um oh what's this song one it's one of their like like more like Come on. like kitty songs but they do like an adult version of it it Look, is so cool let me tell you they're horrible guests when they sit on the panel they're horrible boring guests yes but them performing and michael like definitely like michael is like he's he's teenage michael like they're all big afro right 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 they're all you know my the, boy cliff says they're all they're all the same height yeah, when they're all the same height, exactly. Yes, yeah, the Jackson yeah. Five when they all the same height. They got upholstery on. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, they are kill. They they kill that. And, and then I turned it off because they were hard. But that's what I watched, and then it it, it fell me down. You can spend an hour just watching performances of the Jacksons doing "Show You the Way to Go" on European television. Yeah, like yeah, they're just that. like they're that. just on these weird yeah, talk shows. shows. Yeah, 
in Europe mm-hmm. where like Motown will we'll show you the way to go was what they had already Philly. left to on Philly International. But like Dancing Machine, when they were still on Motown and they showed like that weird period where like Motown didn't know what to do with them. They had they were recording with Philadelphia International, but I don't know how much of a budget people had. So somehow they're in Finland mm-hmm. <laughs> on like the 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 the, the Schwinn Heinz show tonight, the Jackson Five. Stop. Come on. I'm telling you. You're looking at the video for Dream Street by Janet Jackson. Yeah. 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 Found out that hole. Yeah. Found out that hole. Jay, Jay Marie says the Jackson's variety show is oh, addictive as on. F. Come on. Stop. I wish I watched it live. I think it came on the year I was born. Come on. Probably did. Deborah Battle said this was about the time of their Vegas shows before they left. Motown. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. Little, 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 like, like I love when the Jackson's variety show would come on it was just the whole jackson family they, they were just dancing yeah like this they just be grooving and michael would be dancing with um latoya because latoya was the baddest sister yeah as a matter of fact they, they talked about that mm-hmm. on the johnny carson clip because they talked about how this is going to be the first time all of the family is going to be on the tour mm-hmm. and them bringing janet and yeah. latoya and even reby yeah um i see people shouting out about the jackson five on soul train i never liked the jackson five on soul train because they're lip singing right the beautiful part about this performance on johnny carson is that they're actually singing yeah oh yeah and it is oh yeah oh yeah yeah all right yeah yeah so i'll mess i'll mess with the jacksons on youtube after a certain hour and i'll mess with sammy davis jr because he's another one that for 50 years there was footage of him. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he was on Archie Bunker. He was on, um, you, you know, he was on various variety shows and, and you see him with Lola Falana and James Brown and yeah, this little career. So, you know, he had a thing with Lola Falana. yeah, yeah. Yes, he did. He had a thing. Yes, he did. He had a thing. Um, a fun ass. <laughs> <laughs> Little Falana yes. wasn't nothing to play with. He met her on uh, in Golden Boy. Oof. Yeah, she was one of the dancers. All right, ladies. All and right. Before we tell you what we're going to get to next week, because next week is the beginning of October. Oh, here we go. Boo-tober. We got some good ones, too. We got some I know I say that every year, but every year I think we do program some really good ones. Some good ones. But we got some good ones. We do. But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check out the Michelle Mission Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. Go to michellemission.com where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. You can also leave the voice the Michelle Mission, a voicemail called 215-867-9666. Let Vince and Len know what's on your mind. If you can't find that uh, phone number, it'll be in the show notes for you on the, on our podcast. Feel free to email us at Mission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mission. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Mission, And wherever you get our fine audio podcast, please give us a five-star rating and a review, especially if it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Trying to get to 200 reviews by the end of of the year so that's if you want to help out our show that's the best way you can do it all right 
And don't forget the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate. Thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Next week, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, is Boo-tober, our annual soiree into the films of black horror. And Vincent kicks off things this month. This oh, month. I'm up again. You're up again. All right. You're up again at Bat and Boy. He's got a doozy. He's got a doozy for you, ladies and gentlemen, because... He's dipped into the filmography of the Wayans brother. Right, 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 right. And once again, into the filmography of Regina Hall. Of Regina Hall. Yes, sir. That's right. Who stars along with Sean and Marlon Wayans in Scary Movie. Scary Movie. From 2000. Oh, my goodness. How is this film 20 years old? I know. 22. Oh. <laughs> That's that's this scary. movie can drink. That's scary right there. <laughs> this movie can drink, bro. Next week, live here on the Michelle Mission, we will be reviewing scary movie. Until then, he's Vincent and I'm Len. And in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Bye.